Ministry Mentorship, Episode 24. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ministry Mentorship. This is Jacob Tapia and you're listening to a podcast dedicated to connecting apostolic leaders with young ministers for the purpose of helping them develop in their ministry. Before we get started with today's podcast, I'd like to remind you to check out our podcast on iTunes. You can go to ministrymentorship.com backslash podcast and find more information. And if you get a chance, please rate this podcast and help us uh, increase our visibility on iTunes. You can also help us spread the word about ministry mentorship by liking or tweeting this interview. Your help is greatly appreciated as we endeavor to connect apostolic leaders with young people. In this episode, we're going to be talking with Pastor Jason Varnum from Bellevue, Florida. He is the pastor of Souls Harbor First Pentecostal Church in Bellevue, Florida, and he is passionate about teaching the Word of God. He founded the website igobiblestudy.com and is a powerful preacher of the gospel. Let's join the conversation now. I, I was raised in a pastor's home, and uh, uh, I was just, we were just talking a little bit about the fact that my parents kind of told me that uh, I could do anything I wanted to do, and they encouraged me to, you know, be anything and do anything, but one thing that was not an option, and that was I was going to work for God on some level, and so uh, that was kind of my, my mindset, but then once I started uh um, you know, growing myself, my relationship with God, even as a child. I got the Holy Ghost when I was six. Uh, both of my sisters got it when they were five, so it took me a little bit longer wow. to uh, to to get the Holy Ghost. You know, I had some more sin, you know, coming <laughs> on the walls, things like that. But anyways, I uh, I got the Holy Ghost young, but, then, you know, and really when I was young, I felt the call of God on my life, but um, I, I didn't really think that I could do what God called me to do um, and, uh, and I, I don't know how far you want me to go into this, but I, I was just, uh, I, I wanted to work for God. I felt mm-hmm. a call of God, but I had dyslexia. I had different things. And because of that, I just didn't feel like I could, um, be effective. Uh, you know, you at least got to be able to read the Bible, you know, if you're going to preach, you know? So, um, even though I had felt the call, I began to just kind of deny it. And when people would ask me, do you, you know, are you going to be a preacher? I would, I would be like, no, you know, I don't want to, or I would make all these little statements. But really, inside, I, I desired to do what I was called to do. And then uh, God got a hold of me when I was uh, in my 20s, early 20s, and uh, a few things happened. Um, uh, but in, in the process, God finally got into me that, you know, he wouldn't ask me for what I didn't have. He would ask me for what I did have. And, um kind of became a message. I preached at a lot of youth camps for a long time, but anyways, that's, it's not just a message. It was actually a, a awakening for me. So in my, even though I was involved in a lot of different things as far as preaching and ministry and that, that level was in my early twenties and it was just God let me know, Hey, I'm just wanting what you got. Just give it to me and I'll use it. And when I did, I mean, he, he just did unbelievable things, um, beyond what I can imagine. So, Kind of my getting in into the ministry. 
Now, talk to us a little bit about that, that when you first got started. How did you first get started in ministry? Did you have like your first job or your first ministry experience? What was that like? Um, well, when I first got involved in ministry, first of all, like I said, I, I was you know here at the church, and um, I was involved in everything. But as far as preaching, this may be kind of funny, I don't know, but uh, I... Jeff Jeff Arnold lives not too far from me as a, a kid. Let me go ahead and say this to any minister. What you put into young people and what you pour into young people in, impacts them beyond you being in the pulpit. Uh, the greatest messages that Jeff Arnold ever preached to me was not because of times or anything else. It was him taking time with a, a kid that had, I used to talk like that. I couldn't speak with my awes and not talk, you know, had a speech impediment and I wasn't good, but he would come and spend time with me and he would come and spend a, uh, you know, two or three hours. You know, we lived about an hour apart with a, with a, a kid that was, you know, you know, nine, 10 years old mm. and teach me magic. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I had, I had a knack for this, this, you know, for doing magic tricks and brother Arnold, I don't know why, I really don't, but he would just come down and he would show me stuff and um, and it was just an amazing thing. And, and what that did for me, uh, because I had um, learning disabilities and different things, it, it was kind of like my, um, you know, I have something you don't have, you know, kind of my, uh, it, it just became something that gave me confidence. But anyway, so him spending time with me was a huge thing. And then that, you know, being able to do these magic tricks um, is really kind of opened the door. And there's a lot of people, there's, there's other gifts that you have that in and of themselves may not be considered ministry, but they will open doors. And so I don't think you need to deny anything. You need to, I mean, you maybe you do voices like amazing, <laughs> like someone I know. I know yes. someone that can well, do that. It's worked uh, for me. But anyway, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, and so anything that you use, you know, it can be used for the kingdom of God. Right. I don't care what it is. Right. Um, abilities of, um, um, you know, I'm thinking right now, I don't know if you know, you probably know L.J. Herring, you know. Yes. You know, he was mm -hmm. here in Florida, and he, he was, he's amazing at computers. Obviously, he's an incredible communicator, and in and, and so many ways, I love him to death. But honestly, where he got where he is, the, there was a knack that he had that helped people, and and that opened the door to other things. And so don't discount anything. And so anyways, I started doing magic and magic is really what opened the door. Um, cause I was involved. I was, I was a prayer warrior. I was involved. I was going with brother Cole to uh, Ethiopia and I was, I, I was not a preacher. Um, as a matter of fact, they would go around with the cameras and they would video like all, all the different preachers that were there. And they would say, you know, I'm so-and-so I pastor this church or I'm evangelist. So-and-so. Yeah. They would go through them when they come to me. I would say Jason Barnum, and that I'd set a scrub is what I said. You know, I was like I'm a scrub, mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, I just didn't. You know, I wasn't a preacher, but I I went there as an intercessor. I knew my job, I knew my responsibility, mm -hmm. and uh, I was praying. But on that, um, those those trips, I had a lot of ministers around me, and I started doing uh, magic, and uh, you know, I was doing card tricks and all this, and. Uh, you know, it, it opened doors for com communication and conversations, and that led to um, me doing. And it was around that time, actually, in those crusades when God, those crusades when God 
really taught me that what I was saying earlier, that he's not asking for what I do have or what I don't have. He's asking me for what I do have. And so I started giving God what I had. And, and it was during that three or four years that I was going on those crusades that I, I went from not preaching at all to preaching. But the first few doors was to children's things and new things, and it had to do with magic. So I would do some magic. Then I'd start ministering. And um, that's probably a big circle to get there. But anyway, that's kind of how I got got started. And crazy for me, I I started preaching out before I ever preached in my home church. Um, mm. It was just what God did. Um, God said, okay, now it's time, and you're, I was stepping into it. And so people that even know my my father or, you know, ministry, that's what I, I stepped into. And it was important for me that it happened that way. You know, I had prayed, being a pastor's kid, I told God I do not want to be a preacher because my dad's a preacher. So if doors are going to open, that's actually one of my prayer requests. Lord, I want to be people that don't even know my dad. And that's actually what, what God did for me. But he used that <laughs> the uh, hallelujah for cards tricks. Uh, he used that to start, kind of start opening doors, and then ministry flowed out of that open door. Talk a little bit about that, you know, you, you just some of the names that you've already just mentioned here, Brother Arnold and, and Brother uh, Billy Cole. That's that's an incredible experience to be able to spend time with these guys. And, and talk to that young person right now that's saying, you know, I'd love to have that in my life. I, I wish I could. You know, how do, how do they, is there any way to duplicate that in their own life and ministry? Um, I tell you, I, I think that great things happen to people that show up. And uh, you've got to make up in your mind that you're going to be uh, where people are, um, and uh, whether it be a conference, whether, you know, and when you get places, you, you don't try to, well, the Bible says it very plain, you know, you, you don't try to get to a certain table. You, um, you know, you sit in the lower place, but even, I would say, um, you know, even more plain for what we do, not just sitting in a lower place, but actually in a servant's place. And um, I think if you will serve around people that you are wanting to grow into, or if you will have that mentality of serving, you will begin to... Um, you know, step into who they are. I mean, that's what happened in the, the book of Acts. Right. Uh, you know, they were there waiting on tables, and the next thing you know, they're they're speaking in the synagogue, and no one can stop them um, because they put themselves in a position uh, to to hear certain things, to be impacted by certain things. Uh, the old slogan that we've heard all for years, some things are taught, some things are caught. You just have to be there. And so to try to put yourself in a position, so when I went to Ethiopia, I went as an intercessor. And that's what I did. I went there to pray. I wasn't a preacher. I wasn't anything, but they're praying, you know, praying hard and um, kind of, you know, with everything inside of me. And so, and that's the way it's happened with any of the doors that, that have opened. Uh, most of the time I showed up first and then God, you know, put me in contact with the right people. So I, I would say to any young person, and I tell the young men in our church, you know, I'm, I pastor, you know, a, uh, a busy church, you know, a lot of things going on. And uh, I say, if you want to be with me, don't wait for me to call you and sit down. If you show up to where things are happening, nine times out of ten, I'm there. 
yeah. and and you'll we'll talk. We'll I have no problem while we're working, but you know the thought of you know if you pastor you know five hundred people uh, and you spend one a day with each person in in that church, I mean you know it's it's going to take you almost two years to be with everybody. Wow. And so you know you, when you think about you know the way that works, and then you've got people that need extra time or extra focus. You know, it's just not there. But if you will show up where work is being done, our executive pastor, uh, he, you know, there's, there's nothing about his family that would say ministry. But Brother Donnie uh, Curry, um, one of the greatest guys in our church and involved in so many things, I and mean, he's just an amazing man. He, you, you just couldn't hardly turn around without bumping into the guy. I mean, he was just always here, and he was always working his head off and involved. And and that just moved him right into you know ministry because we need someone to do this. Well, we can count on Donnie, and it became this, and then he did a great job at that. And then, hey, somebody needs to do this. Well, we can count on Donnie, and yeah. he got into that. And that's in the same way with me. I was just always there, and that that's how doors begin to open. Now, Brother Farnham, you've you've preached at meetings all over the U.S. and and even overseas. What goes through your mind as you are preparing for a sermon? Um, well, I'm scared to death pretty much all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared because I'm looking, I'm like, oh, God, you actually got to do something with what I'm putting together right now. <laughs> Help me, Lord. But, um, what, you know, really, my, my dad kind of taught me... Um, you know, when you're putting something together, you got to first and foremost, you got to think about God, obviously, what He's saying, what He's doing. But then, when you're all said and done, you got to look back at what you're looking at, and then think about everybody you're going to be talking to, and say, okay, you know, is this how is this going to help them? You know, okay, here's a marriage. How is this going to help them? Uh-huh. How is this going to help this situation? And so, I mean, that's kind of the you know. I'm, you know, that's kind of the, the thought process goes through, process that my mind goes through is, um, you know, who, how can I help? You know, a lot of times we give information, but the thing is, is once you get the information, now what? What do you want people to do with the information you just gave them? Um, and so you got to kind of think through all that. When I come into any service, I want to break through, and that's 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 what's on the forefront of my mind. Um, I want a breakthrough, and I'm going to, do whatever I can to push myself and everyone in that service to reach that point of a breakthrough. Um, a sermonizer has never been my strong suit. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, so, so as far as putting things together, I'm not sure if that's exactly the mindset of how to put the sermons together. But, you know, my thought is, God, I, there's got to be a breakthrough in this place. Yeah. So who is here? Right. What do they need to hear? Not my sermon. They don't need to hear my sermon. You know, no, no one cares about my sermon. They need a word from God. Um, right. And so, you you've got to you got to pray. You got to tap into that. You know, and when you're when you're pastoring, you 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 know you you don't get to perfect sermons. You don't get to polish them up and everything else. You preach it, and then you move to the next one. And so, uh, it, it kind of changes that. Um, you know, my, my dad has used to say, you know, if you don't, if someone don't preach a 
good sermon when they're only preaching every now and then, you know, there, there's something wrong. They need to, they, they mm. should be able to preach a good one with all the time to prep, prepare. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 and they shouldn't feel like they're all that in a bag of chips because they have put one together. You know, you got to, you know, you, you're <laughs> right. reaching a point where you're doing it all the time. And so it ain't about how pretty it is. It's about meeting needs. The ministry has to be about meeting needs. Anytime your ministry uh, becomes about you or about anything besides meeting needs and ministering to people, you know, you're outside of ministry. You might be into entertainment. You might be into all kinds of things. But you have left ministry when you stop ministering, when you stop changing the lives of people. And so that that's when I'm preaching, you know, and I, and I have. God's blessed me. And uh, the first uh, youth camp I ever preached was in um, Alaska, um, which was an interesting thing <laughs> to do. Um, mm. But anyways, with Tom Trimble years ago, but anyways, um, we are, you know, we were out there ministering, and, you know, that was my, I was scared to death. And, and I'm thinking, well, next time I'm not going to be as scared, but it didn't happen. I was still scared every time, and um, it still am. But, you know, doors begin to open. But whenever I went there, you know, I, I just did everything I could to do what God had put in my heart. You know, okay, I've, I've got sermons, and like I don't preach all the time, but do I want to just put another sermon out there for what God laid on my heart? And for instance, there is there, the sermon. I promise you, you can hear me preach a sermon in Indiana and everywhere else. I don't know how many times, but it was, um, God's not asked for what you, um, what you don't have. He's asked you for what you do have. I mean, and and the weird thing about it is God would never let me change it. I never could feel to move it. It was the same sermon mm. every time, same illustrations. But God would put it on me, and um, and it was kind of like God was saying, you know, do this. I'm like, God, but I can do this, and I can do that. And God was like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You want to do that? You go right ahead. Have a good time. But if you want me to be with you, you're going to say what I tell you to say. And it was... I was like, oh my goodness. And so that's the thing. I don't care if it's the same sermon. I don't care what it is. You've yeah. got to follow what the Holy Ghost is going how, Who's Who's going to be ministered to? Who's going to be touched? Who's going to be yeah. changed? That's what ministry has to be about. Well, you know, it's interesting when you're, when you're in consistent pastoral ministry. You know, I noticed when I was younger, I would think more of like, how can I prepare this or what can I say? And now that the longer I'm in ministry, the more I'm involved in in the church, uh, in full-time ministry, I think along the lines of what you're saying, where it's more of like, who is this for? Or it's less mm-hmm. me-focused and more people-focused. And I think that's pr- partly a growth in my own self, you know, that God's working on me and saying, you know, you're, you're more of a vessel rather than the main show. Oh, without a doubt, that's and that's a great way to look at it because it's it's really what it has to be. You know, what Paul said is, "No more I, it's Christ that liveth in me." You know, I, I know right. that's in a different context, but nevertheless, that's really what it has to be. You know, they when they saw the disciples, they saw Jesus in them, and and the whole point of that is what they became. I think one of the most amazing scriptures and statements to me, and it's been something that God has been just wrecking my world with here in the last little bit, is when the Bible says they were called Christians first in Antioch. They were called Christians. It wasn't, 
they didn't call themselves Christians. They were called Christians. Right. So what what happened is if people saw them and said Christian, which is Christ-like, they said, wow, they're Christ-like. And that's what we have to get to, is when people see us, they see Christ in us. When people see us, they recognize that they have been with Jesus. When people see us, we don't have to go around saying, hey, I'm a Christian. Right. We live out our life or our ministry, and people go, wow, that's Christ-like. And so that that's what ministry is, and it's not, so it's not about us. It's about, about two, whenever I contact somebody, I am this middleman in between Jesus Christ and this person. When I'm preaching, I'm, my job is to reach up and get a hold of God, to reach out and get a hold of this congregation, link them together, and get out of the way as soon as possible. You know, and that, that's what I have to, to do if I'm going to be effective. And so I, I would agree, you, you, you become less and less important the uh, more you understand ministry. Now, you have a website called igobiblestudy.com, and this, I, this is a great resource for, for inspiration. I know there's some other uh, audio clips on there. There's some uh, Bible study material and resources. And Tell us a little bit about your vision for this ministry. How did you get started with this? Uh, when, I, when we, got, we got started with it here at the church um, because I wanted to be more effective at teaching Bible studies. I wanted the church to be more effective at teaching Bible studies. So I kind of went on a, I don't know, journey, whatever. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. The first thing I figured out is we we were not lacking uh, Bible study material. There's just so many great Bible studies, you know. Of course, um, there, there was Bible study in the bag, a simple, quick Bible study. There was, you know, the, I don't know, Search for Truths, the bigger Bible studies. There were, you know, anyway, just different Bible studies out there. It wasn't a lack of material. Sure. It was a lack of, of know-how and the discipline, and I think that's that's kind of the, the key to it. And so we, we started trying to figure things out and just try to help people with the process. And so it's not about a particular Bible study. I could care less what Bible study you teach. I just want you teaching a Bible study. Um or teaching the Word. The Bible says you ought to be teachers. The Bible just simply says you ought to be a teacher, so people can say what they want to say, but everybody, I believe, that is saved should be a teacher. Now, there are two different types of teachers. There are people that actually open and, and teach the Word um, through textbook, or in our case, the Bible, but then there are also those those uh, visual-type teachers or if there's people that get with somebody and you learn through example of how they live and what they do. So whether or not it's just you getting with somebody and then watching your life and you teach them that way, or you're sitting down with a Bible study, um, either way, I believe every single person in the kingdom of God ought to be a teacher. That's what the Bible says. You're, you're still on milk, but you ought to be teaching. And so, so whether it be an example of getting people close and disciple them that way or actually teaching the word through you know through a, a certain Bible study system. So all that's with up in me. So I'm like, we gotta do something. So the Bible study and there's also a um a uh, a reference book, the Igo Bible study uh, reference book and that's just it's all about how to give people confidence in, in teaching the word of God. Um and uh you know how how do they step into being effective um, you know, how to get Bible studies, you know, where to go, you know, simple things like this. 
the, the best place to get a Bible study. You know, people go knock doors, and I, I've knocked doors. I've done everything you can imagine. But the best place to get a Bible study, we, we were looking at that. Well, where's the best place to sell a car? Well, the best place to sell a car is probably on a car lot because, you know, when someone shows up at a car lot, even if they don't have the money, they're telling you they're at least interested in a car. And these places stay open for a reason. You know, people come right. there because they, they're trying to buy a car. And so to me, that kind of, okay, what's the best place to get a Bible study? The best place to get a Bible study is at church. Sure. And so what's the best way for me to get a Bible study at church? You meet someone when they come in. You can sit with them through the service. You know, you, you, in our case, you know, we bring them to the guest reception at the end, or you take them out for coffee. So taking people through simple processes instead of saying, okay, look, I'm not going to their door, knocking on their door, saying, can I have a Bible study? They're showing up at our door. Right. And so they're telling us they're hungry. These are the best people. You know, not that you're wasting your time doing all the other things, but don't neglect the people that show up. Um, and so things like that, you know, these are just simple things. This is how you get it. This is the best place to get it. This is what you say to get a Bible study. Um, and then things like building your confidence. Uh, there's a thing on there, actually tons of youth groups, um, youth pastors have taken their youth groups through a thing that's on there. It's called Bevel Your Bible. Um, and it's a, uh, it's just a simple process of marking your Bible. But what it does, again, that's what the whole website and the book is all about, giving confidence. Because beveling your Bible is just a marking system that gives people confidence that if people ask me questions about, you know, the oneness of God or baptism in Jesus' name or the Holy Ghost, I can actually find the scriptures. I know how to find them. I know what to do. And so it's just you just grab some highlighters, sit down, and uh, and go through it. But that's what that's what the website has on it. Uh, There's um, there are some Bible studies on there. Um, but uh, it's just kind of a growing thing, and it's not a, hey, I know everything, let me teach you all, all the great things that I know. Sure. It's that this is what we're learning, check it out, see if it works, you know. Uh, but it's, the main thing I'm wanting to do is to take fear out of teaching the Word. Um, and in my opinion, and this, our, our young men here at this church know you're, you're not getting up in the pulpit if you're not teaching a Bible study. Uh, one of the statements I give them is if you can't, if you can uh, convince somebody that they need to be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, to, to give their heart to God from three feet across the table, there's no chance you're going to be able to convince them from 30 feet uh, behind the pulpit. Uh, you need to get where they are. And that's, what, that's really what it's all about. It's about helping people understand, um, understand the Word of God. That's what preaching is. You're not preaching to give everyone jumping and screaming. You're, you're wanting them to, if, if you're preaching, you're wanting them to jump and scream because they understand. And right. so you need to be able to start where you can lock in on one person or one family and say, here's, this is what the Word of God is. And it's the book of Acts. It's um, 2020 vision. Acts 20, verse 20. Uh, they met publicly and from house to house. If we are not in the homes, we, are, we do not have a true 2020 vision, and we are not going to fulfill uh, God's vision for the church. So, anyways, I could talk a lot about it, obviously, but it's a, uh, it is a, it's out there. It's a, it's a free resource. The, um, the book is actually being re, um, edited and printed, uh, reprinted and re-edited and all that stuff. So, hopefully, that'll be out here again soon. Well, I think I think this would be a great resource for for our listeners to go to. Again, that's igobiblestudy.com. And there's just a bunch of stuff on there, some even some inspirational things. I know 
I saw some of the sermons on there that you had posted uh, that they could listen to, download, and some great preaching, some great ministry. Uh, what advice beyond, you talked a little bit about Bible study, staying close to ministers, being there, being involved. Is there any advice that you feel to give to a young minister that feels a call to ministry? Well, you got to keep your, your spirit right and your heart right. A lot of people see ministers, can see ministry as, you know, this high and lofty thing. And, and there is, there, there is that, that part about it, but that is what people revere the office. And that's the right thing. They should honor what God has done. But you as a minister, you really have to work at keeping yourself where where you need to be, and that's at the foot of the cross. Um, if you if you do not keep the right spirit and the right attitude, you're you're going to uh, you're going to fall and you're going to topple. I had the um, unfortunate um, opportunity just last night to speak with a young minister that that had just fell, and uh, he's a good man. And he's a good young man. He lost his family, his kids. Um, it just killed me, broke my heart. But, you know, it, it became about, you know, this position, this ministry. And, uh, you know, I promise you, however the devil would fight you, um, you know, right now, the more you get involved in ministry, the harder he's going to fight. And so you can't give him ammunition, you know. And so I, I would say the best advice I could give is to keep your spirit right, keep your heart right. Don't let what people say lift you up or put you down. Just stay where God wants you to be. Don't don't read. You know, when you start having some success, which I, I believe people listen to this, are people that are growing. It, there's no one that is taking time to listen to a podcast on ministry um, that, that they're not trying to grow. And people that try to grow, they grow. <laughs> it's just right. part of it. And so I, I believe I'm talking to people that are going to have success. And one thing my dad always said is don't read your own press. You know, don't, don't be, you know, people are going to say great things about you and some are going to say bad things, but you just stay right where God puts you. Uh, and for those ministers that start maybe getting a little bit of uh, open doors where they're preaching out, and I, I'm telling you, when you preach out, everything is great. Everyone has nothing but, oh, wow, how wonderful. Hmm. And then you come back home and you clean the toilet. Right. And you're like, man, you know, this ain't, this ain't right. Well, this is, this is part of ministry. This is what, what, what God is doing in my life, and I can't just go where everything is wonderful and good. So I would just say stay at the foot of the cross. Stay, keep your spirit your heart right, and um, be, be humble um, about whatever success God brings you. And if you're the one bring, bringing the success and you think, well, it's me, it's nothing else, then you should really get out of ministry. So I would say keep your spirit right. That's great. That's great. And, that, and you know, if we can keep our spirit right when we're cleaning the pews and cleaning the toilets, Trust me, there are some some spirits out there, and even some people that 
that will come after you. <laughs> and, and when you're in the safety of your church, you know, if, if, you, if you mess up or if you make a mistake, let's say you're preaching or, you know, if someone criticizes you, you can go to your pastor, you can talk to them. And, but if you if you're, get to a place in ministry where you're dealing with some of these spirits, some of these issues, and, and you're all by yourself, uh, you're going to have to have that consistency of a walk with God and a life of ministry that, that you don't look to the left or the right. And I think that's an important aspect as well. And, and let me say this, too. You know, just to say, along with uh, what Brother Tapia is saying here, is, you know, he's saying when you're on your own, I don't want anyone to mistake what I was saying before or what he's saying, that there's some time that you just do your own thing. Right. You need to always be under authority and under somebody and then use it. Absolutely. Use it. There, there, there are people that are... Um, you know, you you lose your authority whenever you come out from under authority. You, uh, brother, um, brother Godwin preached. If you if y'all have not anyone on here that has never heard brother Godwin preach things about the uh, over under, uh, you should get all that and listen to it because you know that's where you get your authority and your um, your ability to move forward. I, I just I don't think that could be stressed enough. You're never. I will never be on my own. I've been pastoring for years now, um, but if my pastor, which happens to be my father, he's considered bishop, and he's traveling in Europe, and he's over there for a month, and he's over here for a month, and he's all over, but he calls me, he don't know nothing about what's going on, and he says, don't do this, do that. Mm. I don't, there's no even question. It's just period. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can, I'm the one that controls the finances. I'm the one that control. I can go through anything I want to do. It doesn't matter. When that man says something to me, that is the man of God in my life, and it, there's no question, and he knows it. Matter of fact, he knows it to the point that he is scared to say things to me at times because he knows that I'm just going to do it, period. Yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I think that's how your, your, uh, your pastor, your leadership should always feel. You will never, whoever's listening, you will Never outgrow your pastor and his leadership. If some unfortunate thing happens where they leave the truth, you should still honor them. You should still honor them in whatever way you can. But you'll never out, out, outgrow as far as that covering. You may preach more meetings. You may preach bigger meetings. You may have a bigger church. But that is still your spiritual father, your spiritual authority. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, for me, for my journey, you know, you know my f- spiritual father left the truth, and so I've had to find uh, men in my life, my pastor for one, that can say anything to me, and, and I'll, I will uh, listen to him and, and obey him. But also other men uh, that, I have, that I consider mentors, that have that I've known them for ten years, or they've watched me grow up, and and these are people that have helped me in ministry, and they're people that whenever I have a situation or a problem, that I will call them first, and I'll say, hey, you know, this is what's going on, this is what's happening, what do you feel about this, what do you see, and they know my life, they know my ministry, and that's one reason why I think it's important as well as a young person to have that connection with their pastor. 
he's someone that's watched no you. He knows you. He knows your ministry. He knows your your family. He knows your background. He knows a lot of these things about you just over the course uh, of you growing up in the church and and, and oh, yeah. getting your start. And so that's whether you like it or not. The pastor can a lot of times see things that you can't see because they have a broader vision. Yeah. And and sometimes Absolutely. you know you just have to trust that you, you you can't you'll never get an explanation for some things. That's what I found out anyway. You, you'll never understand everything. But when you mm-hmm. like you're saying when you put yourself under that authority and submit and say you know what I don't understand it, but I know you know I know I'm in the will of God and I know. Um, you know, this is what needs to happen, and, and yeah. I submit my well, see, life. The thing is, you know, my, my, my thought is you, you, are, you are looking for the, the, the um, oh, what's the word? You're looking for the approval of God. Right. You know, not man. I mean, that's the reason we study. This is great for young ministers. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. You don't study for a good sermon. You stay to be approved of God, and if you're approved of God and you preach a terrible sermon, it's fine, because you study to show yourself approved unto God, not unto man. And so what you're looking for is the approval of God, and that person, that man that is your pastor, that is your, you know, the spiritual leader in your home, and uh, I have friends like Tapia that have, uh, their pastors have, have went away from the truth, and you've got to find someone else. But, but it's the approval of God. David honored Saul, even though he was off the reservation. Right. But he, he kept that, that certain honor, that certain respect, and that brought approval from God. And that's the thing, is, is that approval of God is what you're seeking, not the approval of that person. But uh, whoever it is, like Brother Tapia said, you know, someone's got to have veto power in your life. Someone, someone I, I believe... It's got to be a man of God that has veto power that says no, <laughs> and you say yes, sir. You know, right. that's what I believe. Absolutely. You know, you know, a flip side of this that is uh, on the positive note, and I, I it doesn't matter to me. You know, we just had this thing in the UPC, this big vote. You know, you know that just happened, but it doesn't it has nothing to do with either side. Don't matter. But what I was very impressed by is the young men that did step up to say something, all of them seemed to want a more conservative feel, you know? Uh, yeah. Whether I agree with them or not doesn't matter at all. I was just excited, and I believe we have a generation of the people that are listening to, you know, we want we want to make sure we're right with God. And I, I just know, I know the people listening to this, this uh, podcast, you are a generation that want to please God, you know, and, and every little thing, you're not going to agree with everybody on everything, but my goodness, it, it, it's just exciting to me to know we are living in the last days and that the generation that everything has come down on, we're not saying um, as a whole, you know, hey, let's not worry about anything. The young generation is saying, you know, I want to hold to, to some things. I want to hold to whatever it is. And there's going to be things that come and go. But the point is, is the attitude and the spirit of let's hold, let's hold on yes. uh, to what our forefathers had. I just, I just, I love that. And I'm thankful for what's happening. Well, in closing here, I wonder if, if you could just take a minute 
Brother Varnum and just say a prayer over that young person right now that, you know, maybe they're maybe they're not uh, really connected in Bible studies or or even their ministry like they want to be. And maybe there's somebody that is they're just they're going forward and they're they're encouraged and they're saying, you know what, I'm a part of that generation. And I wonder if you could just pray over them and just just ask God to, to work in their lives. Absolutely, and I, I do want to thank you uh, before I start praying just for um, having the burden to reach out to young ministers. We need this, and uh, it's just a, an important aspect in the world that we're living in. You know, we can't always go to every conference, but, you know, this is the world we're living in where we're taking time to do things like this, but it takes time and energy, and I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Let's thank pray. You. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, I'm so thankful, God, that we are reaching for the things of God. God, the people that are listening right now, they are not people that are trying to find the sidelines. They're trying to get in the game. They're trying to find out how they can be effective in the kingdom of God. God, I pray that you will bless their efforts. God, right now, I bind all fear and doubt that would try to come in their heart and their mind. God, you have called them to do a work for you, and it does not always happen the way we think it's going to happen, but don't let them give up. Don't let them lay down. Help them to be effective. Help them to find their place in ministry. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will anoint them. God, this thing is about people, and it's about walking in the Spirit. I pray that their prayer life will begin to soar. I pray that their daily habits and study, God, will begin to grow and increase. I pray in the name of Jesus that they will walk in the anointing of Almighty God. We are living in a world God, that just sermons is not going to turn this world. There must be an anointing that only comes from you. God, let them find you. Let them get a hold of you. Let them turn their lives to you completely and totally and be vessels in your hands. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will guide every step they take. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Brother Varnum, thank you so much for being with us. It's been an honor to have you. Oh, my pleasure. I hope to talk to you again soon. You've been listening to a Ministry Mentorship Podcast with Jacob Tapia. Find out more about this resource by going to ministrymentorship.com where you'll find more interviews, inspirational quotes, and other resources to help you develop your ministry. Thanks for listening, and God bless.